Welcome and thank you for joining me on this new episode of So, Am I Latin American Music? On this occasion, we will travel from Brazil to Uruguay and the east coast of Argentina. And we also will discuss some ideas on music and poetry with the help of Maria Figueredo, a researcher from Uruguay. In this episode, we will be listening from different musicians that have such an interesting history on how they became musicians and how they interact with music. So to start, we will go to Brazil and we will start learning about one of the musics from Brazil, which is the candomblé. This one is related to a religious practice, but as we will see, because of what some of these artists are sharing with us, this has transcended the religious practices and became such an integral and important part of the culture itself. One other aspect from these musicians is that they are all from Argentina, but they have learned about these musics by going to the places and learning and interacting with people from those places. And because of this, I think that it's more evident that culture is something that goes beyond boundaries, beyond the frontiers. Our first guest speaker is Ramiro Gonzalo. He is an amazing performer of candomblé. He plays this instrument called berimbau, which is a very interesting one. It's so fascinating what you can create with this instrument that at first look seems so simple. de folclore desde mi humilde visión o de mi punto de vista eh, digamos que es como una mezcla de, de manifestaciones culturales ¿no? eh, yo lo definiría como como algo que siempre está en, en cambio no lo vería como algo concreto folclore to me from my own personal point of view, is a mixture of cultural manifestations. 
I can define it as something that is in constant change rather than something that is concrete. To me, it's hard to define because depending on the geographic location where you were born, you can find different types of folklore. At the same time, it could have been modified by other cultures, other influences. In my own experience, I lived for a while in Brazil, experiencing the candomblé. There, I had the possibility to meet my mentor's dad, and he played in a different way. The folklore is transmitted from one generation to the next one, and at the same time, it changes. It undergoes through changes. Seeing my mentor and his dad, I was able to see how each of them performed with different concepts. At the same time that we listen from Ramiro, we will also listen from Santiago Avila, another percussion player that lives in the same city, La Plata. In this way, I hope I will create some kind of dialogue between both of them about the candomblé and what does folklore mean. Bueno, Mati, eh, en la idea de, de responder a qué es el folclore o definirlo... Eh, And he says, I, I link folklore with knowledge, with knowing, as information that belongs to a social group. Sometimes it's hard for me to talk about folklore without the idea of a specific genre. But yes, it is related to musics that are part of a group region. I can also relate it with the idea of transmission from one generation to the next one, linked with the idea of preservation of that knowledge. Santi talks about candomblé, he says, I have recently decided to be part of it. The candomblé has a lot of knowledge and information that comes from its long history. There's a direct relation with a religion. I'm drawn by thinking on the amount of people from different places involved in this movement. It has an origin in one continent, and then people were forcefully brought to another continent and different ethnic groups mingled and these people struggling to keep alive so much knowledge gave birth to a powerful mixture. All this is what interested me. It is much more than just a drum technique. It has a symbolic meaning that I'm barely getting to know. This makes me really curious Ramirez Rogers about Candomblé goes as follows. Religious and cultural manifestation born in Brazil. 
It was conceived from the blend of different ethnic groups coming from Africa. It is complex to define it because it was a process of many years. It is possible to have some precision on this process given the dates on which the different ships transporting different ethnic groups arrived to Brazil, mainly the Bantu or the Yoruba. Nowadays, in San Salvador de Bahia, the strongest candomblé is the Ketu, original from the Bantu. This ethnic group gives omens to African deities named the Orijas. Each of these deities are referencing to something in the nature, for example, Yemanja for seawater, or Jum for sweet water, Nana for swamp waters. We could say it is folklore because nowadays many people in Brazil carry this in their veins. Therefore, why it cannot be part of the folklore? Also, folklore is possible to be created. If you go to Africa, you won't find the candomblé. It is something that was created in Brazil. And you definitely put it as part of the folklore. Following on the last comment from Ramiro, saying that Candomblé is part of the folkloric manifestations, Santi also shares the same. And he says, I dare to say that yes, it is part of the Brazilian folkloric music. Through the few readings I did on this subject, its influence on the musics we currently listen to is very important. Beyond the musical reference, it is a religious practice in many places throughout Brazil. It is part of the country's history. And as part of the history that is alive, is part of the Brazilian folklore. The fact that it is alive is welcomed by us, people from other countries, because it allows us to get to know it and why not become part of it and be able to keep it alive. So that knowledge will never be extinguished. And Ramiro reflects on this idea that people from other countries welcome this kind of music. And he says, in Argentina, it has many ramifications. On one hand, the ethnic group Bantu, the Angola Candomblé, was generated. But some years later, the ethnic group Yoruba arrived and everything blended together. And he continues explaining more about these differences between the Yoruba and the Bantu. And he says, from the Bantu is the Angola Candomblé, and from the Yoruba is the Ketu Candomblé. The first one has a more festive rhythm, and the latter one more mystic and slow rhythms. Within the Angola Candomblé appeared some branches. One of these is called the Umbanda. This one spreads apart from its roots and 
newer manifestations are the ones that arrived to Argentina. And these are the ones that I participated here in Argentina more frequently. Last year, I went to an event that was more related to the Orijas. I've been I've seen people in my city more interested on the Yoruba candomblé. But the first influences were from the Umbanda, Kimbanda, among other names. This is a very fascinating music and culture that I would like to encourage you to go further and do your own research about it because it's truly fascinating. And as you have heard, it is related to a religion. So I just want to share, to finish with this subject, one more thing from Santi. He talks about this religious aspect of the music, and I think what he says sheds a lot of light into this idea of religion. So he says, It is also linked to religion, but not from our Western perspective of it. And it is very distant from that idea from the idea of religion that I built. This music connects you with some other conception of life. It is possible to perceive that through the dance, the sounds, the singing, which I can't fully understand, but there's something there really powerful that, to me, is an invitation to get closer and to get to know more about it. to share something from a book that Maria Figueredo wrote. This book's name is Poetry and Popular Song, Their Conversions in the 20th Century. So she talks about the social and cultural process where poems are affected by their musicalization. And she says that this interplay between poetry and music focuses on the mode in which the musicalized poetry is articulated with the Latin American popular culture and identity. The musical adaptation acts as a filter, as a vehicle destined to other receptive context. This facilitates the act of communicating, the implicit or explicit poetry's meaning. After assimilating prior readings of the poem, its musicalization introduces new meaning paradigms and diversifies the listener-receptor experience of the text. We can observe that, in Latin America, poetry gets in touch with the popular music in the second half of the 20th century. From this moment, it is recontextualized and reinterpreted on a collective layer. The poem turned into a song represents a metamorphosis not just at the structural level, 
but at the textual level as well as at the conceptualization of the poetic text. The poem turned into a song is almost a new text. The act of musicalize the poetic text has an effect on the literary culture, positioning the poem in a new group of texts, creating new contextual and intertextual references. The rigid division between the arts is questioned under this new openness, making necessary to appreciate and analyze the texts in new ways. This time considering the semantic contribution of the musical interpretation. Bringing to the surface three basic dimensions in the musicalization. One, a critic phase based on the selection criteria. Second, a modification on the perception of the text. And third, the dominance of the referential, making it accessible to the collectivity. The distinction between the educated poetry and the popular music derives as to the association of the universal with the tradition. The time period on which this study is focused, the artistic creation highlights the particular and adapts possible universal aspects that wouldn't dissolve the emphasis on the native identity. But we keep in mind what the poet Mario Benedetti from Uruguay says. Depart from the region doesn't necessarily mean a regionalist literature. This type of literature has already fulfilled its cycle and it could be said that it is part of the past in almost all the Latin American countries. To depart from the region doesn't entails the submission or discarding the dialects, folkloric gist, local history monuments. To depart from the region is to accept it as human beings. And so Maria adds, to know from where we depart means an experiential consideration of the work. When the poem is integrated to the musician's repertoire, an approximation to a bigger public and to a collective expression take place. The collective represents the conversions of a specific contextual frameworks. During the time under study, this works within a context filled with tensions and with new perceptions on the course of power. The protagonist role of the collective in such core of power generates emotion of huge masses of people that question them. Therefore, the potentiality of music to articulate those critical feelings and protests and to expose alternative ideologies is awakened.
Now we will listen from Cecilia Espinosa, a really good friend of mine. She has a strong bond with the candombe, which is a music related to Uruguay, but we will see it is also present in different countries. creo que es algo dinámico porque es una expresión de lo sociocultural y la cultura, las culturas como los folclores estoy hablando de, de, de una multiplicidad de expresiones, se asocian al movimiento mismo de la vida de la vida colectiva y también de la vida individual en relación eh, como de las vidas colectivas en relación creo que She shares about folklore and says that I can say it is something dynamic because it's a social cultural expression. And the cultures as folklores, I'm talking about a multiplicity of expressions, are associated with the motion of life, the collective life and the interrelated individual life. It is related with the traditions, but it transcends those traditions. Folklore refers to the roots, to some places of origins, but at the same time it is in relation with and in motion with other people, other places. The people changes and the perception changes. Where it is seen as folklore, somewhere else can be seen as exotic. Given all of this, I find hard to define folklore. Dentro de la diversidad de géneros en el folclore argentino y latinoamericano, el candombe sería caracterizado dentro eh, del mundo... She says that candombe, within the Latin American folklore, is categorized under the rioplatenses expressions. The candombe is much more than just a dance and music expression. It is a lifestyle related to slavery history. There isn't one kind of candombe. There are many resulting from the diversification due to the different places where it is being produced. The most well-known is the Afro-Uruguayan candombe. It was born in what we now know as Uruguay, but actually, when it was born, that area wasn't yet Uruguay. And if we want to acknowledge the cradle of this genre, we can point out Montevideo as that place.
There are other places where we can find candombe, like Paraguay, like regions in Argentina, El Litoral, Buenos Aires, as well as in parts of Brazil. Therefore, it's better to talk of candombes in plural. In Argentina, the most well-known is the Afro-Uruguayan. It is performed with a hand and a stick. There are three types of drums. This is called as cuerda de candombe. And these drums are called chico, repique, and piano. But in the origins, it is said that there was a fourth named piano bombo, the lowest in register of the four. Each drum of this type of candombe has a particular voice and a particular role. The three of them create an ensemble that plays over a clave. And this clave is the foundation of the building over which the three drums establish themselves. Between the three drums, a song is created. And this can be translated like this. Cecilia says, the candombe was born on the streets and was orally transmitted and is still usual to be transmitted in this way, even though now it is written down on scores and is studied in conservatories. But when approaching to comparses of candombe, which could be translated as bands of candombe, the most common way to transmit it is by oral transmission. I think it is part of the folklore and it is related with the rooted history of the American people. A painful history. Because of the transfer of slaves from Africa to South America, it resulted in the construction of a new sense of belonging, a new way of recreating and reinventing customs linked to the African, but in new context, new environments. And at the same time, the candombe is a singing that speaks of the rooted history in the American people. Now, the question becomes where it is part of the folklore. Answering to the question, what's going on with the candombe nowadays, she says that the candombes are hard to follow because of the greatest spread in the actuality. I think the boundaries have been broken for a long time now. It is hard to point one path. It seems that the paths are infinite, like with any other cultural expression. It is my great pleasure to introduce our last guest. She's Anna Archetti. She's an amazing musician, composer, 
She plays the piano, the accordion, percussion, and she knows a lot about the genres in Latin America because she had a lot of experiences around the region. primero en el folclore como un, un concepto mucho más amplio ¿no? que el musical, ya que creo que, que tiene que ver con algo mucho, mucho más profundo eh, y que abarca muchos aspectos, ¿no? eh, pensando en la historia, en, bueno... La... Talking about folklore, she says, I believe it is important to think on something much broader than just the musical aspect, because I believe it has to do with something much deeper and that it covers many other aspects. It is very significant to think on how a particular culture has been sustained throughout the time. Here, the oral aspect is fundamental. How these knowledges, traditions, have been carried out through generations. Not as something rigid, on the contrary, I think we can see the contributions from its passage through time. Thinking on the music, the majority of our folkloric rhythms go along with the dances. Therefore, these two things, music and dance, they kept structures in order to be possible to connect both of them. In relation with the idea of popular song or folkloric song, I believe there's a movement that has been developing for a long time where it becomes evident new searches and expressions that take rhythms, sonorities, instrumentations from the folklore, but at the same time, they open up other possibilities. This is done by personal pursuit and the interaction with the roots of the music. And this has been happening in Latin America because of the needs of seeking, connecting, reviewing ourselves, and this is related with our identity. This is a huge necessity. I would like to share from my personal search a need to connect with the Afro and native influences in our music. Somehow I feel a big debt with these people being these people the ones who suffered the most terrible genocides in the human history that are still being perpetrated. I also feel that there is some kind of negation of our own history, which is something that connects us to a very deep aspect of ourselves. Podemos encontrar esta influencia o esto que me preguntabas, Mati, de, de algunas, algunas conexiones, cosas en común. 
She shares about the similarities between the different musics, and she says that we can find three drums that are in many Afro-Latin American expressions, like the candombe. She also shares something that a friend of hers said, and it is that when the slaves were brought, they used to mix the different ethnic groups. And one possibility is that each drum might be part of a different group. And in the same way, the different rhythms might have been created from different ethnic groups. A few years ago, I went to a summit of Bata music, which is Afro-Cuban and Candomblé, Afro-Brazilian, both with religious backgrounds. On both, the three drums are present, with differences but with many similarities, like the complexities and how each drum complement the other. And they also sing to the same orijas, to the same energies, with different languages, but they have a lot in common. In Minas Gerais, the congado is performed also linked to the religious and with the presence of three drums. In this music, the drum is very similar to the bombo leguero, which is a drum that we use in Argentina, but the drum head is without hair. Another rhythm is curulao, from the Pacific coast in Colombia. This one has similarities with the chacarera. Despite the instrumentation and music structure that is different, its cadence and its way of leading is very similar to that of the chacarera. On this point, I think it is important to bring forth the presence of the gemiola, which is present on many Latin American rhythms. Simply explained, it is the superposition of meters, and the presence of this is very significant in our music. Anna shared a lot of things about her personal history, but because of the time frame, I just want to point out this particular fact that it's very significant. She lived for two years in Iguazú, which is the northeast city in Argentina, and this city has the particularity of having the triple frontier. So she was able to live with people and also have connections with musicians that were from that city, Iwasu, but also from Brazil and Paraguay. And this situation, these circumstances were very significant because she was able to experience the coexistence of different expressions. And that is something that she says that had a big effect on her. And she felt that those boundaries that had been imposed on us are dissolved through music. Because she says that it's so beautiful to see how a culture gets connected to one another through music and how everything is part of the same. A part of the same fabric, she says. But of course, each place and people have their own particularities, but the connections shared by the different cultures are really strong. 
is shared root that has meaning. Después otra cosa que me gustaría compartir eh, tiene que ver con, bueno, con mi historia familiar y es que bueno, mi papá era santiagueño y nosotros siempre tuvimos mucho contacto con Santiago del Estero, con toda la familia de por allá. Another aspect of her personal history is that her parents were from Santiago del Estero and her dad is one of the victims of the last military dictatorship. He's one of the 30,000 disappeared. And she says that we always had a strong connection with Santiago del Estero. And the fact that my dad is uh, disappeared is something that always mobilizes us. And it is an important aspect in my life. I feel that through music and art, we can heal a deep wound. Therefore, this search is linked to my needs to build the identity and do it by appealing to the collective memory. I have participated on many homages and collective undertakings. This has to do with the necessity of being able to talk and express ourselves about our history, always with the desire of healing, transforming and creating awareness. Thank you so much for joining me on this new episode. Feel free to contact me through Facebook, my personal website, or Anchor. I will leave all the details in the description of this episode.